Hey everyone, thanks so much for allowing me to join you today through your cell phone or maybe you're gathered around a television in your living room as you stream this service online. I am so grateful that we can worship together uh, through this means, even if we can't be together in person. Right now, we're still under stay-at-home orders in Alabama, and I don't know how much longer those orders are going to last, but however long they do last, I want us to thrive, not just survive. And so today I want to talk with you for just a few minutes about how important it is to manage our time well. Because even if we're in an unusual situation, if we make the most of our time, well, then we're going to come out of this stronger. Uh, the whole idea for uh, where I'm going today with our message came from an article that I read the week before last on, in USA Today. Uh, there was an op-ed piece written by a man who'd spent about 20 years in prison. And he said while he was in prison, during normal conditions, he could sometimes get visitors or go for an exercise in the prison courtyard. But well, there were certain times when there were lockdowns and all the prisoners were kept in their cells. They were socially isolated and they didn't even know how long the lockdown would last. And he said when you were in those situations, it was always important to remind, yourselves, remind yourself of your purpose uh, to establish a key routine, and to keep your attitude positive. I went, those are three great reminders because the Bible speaks about all three of those things. And today, I want to talk with you about how important it is for us to manage our time well. In fact, this is exactly what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5. He said, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. That's what I want you and me to do. Whether we have a week, two weeks, three weeks before we can get back out and resume life a little bit more normally again, however long it is, let's make the most of the time we have. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I thank you that Paul challenged us to be careful, to live thoughtfully, to make sure that we make the most of every opportunity, and God, I want us to do that. So I pray that you will speak and move me out of the way and remind us of some important things that we need to be incorporating into our lives this day and this week. In the name of Christ, amen. Well, first of all, if you and I want to make sure that we've got our purpose straight, we need to remind ourselves that we can trust God to use difficult circumstances to make us more like Jesus. God is constantly working in our lives, and difficult circumstances sometimes provide golden opportunities for us to grow and mature. That's what James said. In James chapter 1, he said, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work, so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God uses difficult circumstances to grow us up, sometimes just to persevere. Other times, he uses difficult circumstances to bring to our attention things that we need to work on or to bring to mind things that we've forgotten. Some of you have already told me that during this time, you have rediscovered how important it is to spend time with God. You've been rushing around too much, and now that you've slowed down a little bit, man, your time with God has been deep and meaningful. That's great. Others of you have told me that you've rediscovered how important it is to spend time together as a family and have family dinners. 
Well, a lot of things like that can happen if we're willing to understand that God is using even difficult circumstances to grow us up and mature us. Now, we also need to be reminded that God's ultimate goal is to conform us to the image of Jesus. That's what Paul said in Romans 8. He said, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son, conformed to the image of Christ. That's what's going on in our lives. After we come to Christ, God is constantly working on us to make us look a little more like Jesus every day. And Paul says that God does this so that Jesus will be the firstborn among, among many brothers and sisters. That when people look at you and me, they go, oh, you must be Jesus' sister or Jesus' brother. You look just like him. In Ephesians 2, the Apostle Paul said, We're God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're God's workmanship. He's working on you and me right now, today. We're in process. I hope that encourages you. It's not that God is just working on us before there's a pandemic or after all this is over. God's working on us right now. He always is, using good times, hard times, family together times, whatever's going on in our lives to stretch us, grow us, and make us more mature, mature and complete. Now, here's an important thing to note. Embracing God's purposes for us is a whole lot easier when we spend time with him every day. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. This is what Paul wrote in Romans 12. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. When I spend time in God's word for a few minutes every day, when I pray to him about the issues I'm going through and ask him for guidance and wisdom, man, he clarifies my mind. He changes the way I think. And then I can cooperate with him and embrace the work he's doing in my life with a lot more joy. Oh, I hope that if you don't have a reading plan that you'll get one today. And if you don't know where to find one, just put a, in the comments down below, just say, I need help finding a reading plan, and we'll have somebody get right back to you. It's interesting because uh, Jesus' disciples, after he was crucified and rose from the dead, when they went out and shared the gospel, Peter and John, after one instance, were told they must never speak about Jesus again, and they said, no, we have to talk about him. Well, the very people who'd been ordering them not to speak about him were amazed at the transformation Jesus had brought about in their lives. In fact, here's what Acts 4.13 says. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. And then listen to this. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. If you and I spend time with God, in God's word every day, people are going to recognize that we've been with Jesus. They will. By the way, we talk. We'll talk just like him. By the way, we respond to things. And that's what, that's what God wants for you and me. Because then he can place us wherever he wants. Because we'll be accomplishing his will just like Jesus did when he walked the face of the earth. Now, every now and then I get a little glimpse of what God is doing in my life, or I get a sense that he's bringing about these kind of changes. It happened the other day. I was out for a walk. I'd been out... Uh, praying actually on a, and on a beautiful day. And as I crossed the street, there was a car that drove by me, turned around, came back. The woman pulled over and she said, I saw you crossing the street. And so I wanted to come talk to you. And I said, well, first of all, I'm really glad you saw me crossing the street. Thank you. <laughs> but secondly, what can I do for you? And she said, well, my husband's in the hospital. He's been in ICU recovering from 
uh, COVID-19. And when I saw you there, I just wanted you to pray for him. And so we prayed together. And before she left, she said, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that God allowed our paths to cross. Well, so was I. I mean, how many people will you and I meet in the next week or the next month? How many opportunities might we have to encourage someone, pray with someone, help someone? All because God put us in that position. And what if my eyes were open to that? And what if I was eager to help? And that's how I always know if I've had a good devotional time, a good time with God in the morning. Because after I've spent time um, reading what he wants to tell me and surrendering my plans and my problems to him and praying about things for the day, if I can leave curious, then I know that I'm ready to face the day. Because I know that I've got confidence that God is going with me no matter what happens. And even if hard things come, he's going to use them for my good. So when I can leave curious and say, God, what do you have in store for me? Well, that means that I've done some good business with him. So today, you and I need to trust that God's going to use the difficult circumstances we're in to conform us a little more like Jesus. That's his purpose, and that's his purpose every day for you and me. Secondly, we need to establish some meaningful routines. Meaningful routines. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest. Only trouble comes. That sounds like something you could find on Pinterest. Well, actually, it's from Job 3.26. That's nothing new. Sometimes life comes at us in ways we didn't expect, and we can feel absolutely overwhelmed. And that's why it's important to get organized and to establish a few simple routines so that we don't have everything on our mind and on our plate at the same time. When Moses was... Uh, praying for wisdom. This is one of the things he prayed for in Psalm 90, verse 12. Lord, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. To number our days means organizing our time. And to help us do that when we're in some uncertain circumstances, it's very important to establish a few simple routines. Because routines help us focus on what we can control during uncertain times when there are a lot of things we can't control. What am I talking about? I'm talking about things like having regular bedtimes, regular meal times, regular work hours, regular exercise sessions. When we do these things, we're allowing ourselves to get a structure in place that helps us make decisions and it helps make us more productive. Then we'll have time for worship, we'll have time to get chores done, we'll have time for entertainment. And it's awfully important we do these things. It's even important that we set up regular routines of just personal hygiene, just showering and shaving, getting dressed for work, even when going to the work hours that we plan for the day means going from our bedroom to our office at our house or to the den to a table we've set up where that's going to be our workstation for the next few hours. It helps us get clarity and get organized and knock things out. Because when you and I knock things out, well, it opens up margin in our lives. Margin is the distance between the load that I carry and the limit to what I can endure. Well, if I allow everything to be on my calendar all day long, every day, and I have to make decisions about all of it all the time, it's crushing. But if I schedule things, even if it's just a rough schedule, it doesn't have to be we're going to have lunch from 12.01 to 12.29 or other things like this. That's not what I'm talking about. But we're going to have lunch at set times, and we're going to have study hours at certain times, whatever it might be. When we do those things, we allow 
time for us to have personal time, to have personal devotions, to be alone and quiet and still. Then we have time to pray and time to think and time to plan ahead. In the Bible, this is called peace. And that's the margin we want to work for. And routines can help us find that. Now, if you need help finding routines, it's important to remind ourselves it's a whole lot easier when we get wisdom from others. I mean, we don't have to figure out all this on our own. There are a whole bunch of websites. There are all kinds of podcasts you can check into. There's whole books written on this because a routine for someone who's retired might be very different from a meaningful routine for a young family with small children. So, and that's even uh, a point taken up in Scripture as well. Proverbs 15:22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. So spend some time online today. Call a friend or two that seems to have a meaningful routine. Hey, how are you getting organized during the middle of all this? How are you getting all the, the work done? And if there are some things you can try, well, let's try them this week. Let's, let's plan them out this week because that way, whenever we get a chance to get back out and do some things maybe in the way we used to, well, we might be better for it because we're now more structured than we used to be. We have some better routines and a better idea of how to allocate our time. It's something good that can happen if we remind ourselves that God's working on us and that his purpose is to conform us to the image of Jesus and we establish some good routines where we've gone a long way. But thirdly, you and I need to make sure that we focus on positive things. We need to focus on positive things. When life is hectic and unplanned and when we face challenges we don't normally face, it's easy to get down and to become negative. And the Apostle Paul said, in order to battle that, we need to fix, he said, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, Paul wrote this while he was in prison. And so Paul understands what it's like to have limitations. And he said, if you want to know how to get through life with a lot more peace and joy, well, fix your thoughts on things that are true and right and excellent. The prophet Isaiah said, <coughs> you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. We won't have perfect peace if we're fixed on all our problems and everything that's gone wrong in the world and all the things that we used to have a couple of months ago that now we can't enjoy. And that's not where we're going to find happiness or contentment. But when we fix our mind on Jesus, the one who loves us, who says he'll never leave us or forsake us, the one who promises to guide us along the best pathway for our lives and give us the strength to get the right things done, oh my goodness, well then we can have peace in any circumstance. Now I spent some time online uh, visiting a number of websites myself, listening to a couple of podcasts of how people recommended we establish some order and keep positive. Well, and here were some helpful things to keep us focused on, on positive things. First of all, you and I need to limit news intake, limit social media, limit conversations with negative people. It's not wrong to get informed, obviously, from the news, but if you and I are watching it 24 hours a day, it's, it's too much, and it, be, it can be terrifying. Same thing can be true about social media. A lot of people vent a lot of things on social media and can really get us down. So we need to limit our intake on that. And even there are some negative people in our lives where too many conversations with them can make our hearts really heavy. 
But we don't only need to limit some things. We need to proactively spend time reading our Bible and praying. And I know I've talked about that several times already today, but it's true. God's word is true. And when we spend time meditating on heaven and the hope we have uh, in our eternal home, when we spend time studying how God gave victory to his people in the past, or we understand the words of Jesus, my goodness, our hearts will be filled with hope. And that's why it's so important we do those things. A couple of other important things to keep us positive are these. You and I need to eat balanced meals. We need to get daily exercise. And we need to make sure we get enough sleep. It's really easy to get down and, to, and focus on negative things if we're tired. And it's important for us to look for opportunities to serve others. Because when I serve others, it puts all of my problems into a different context. And finally, here's a fun thing to try to do. It's a daily gratitude list with no redos. <laughs> the idea behind this would be to sit around, if you were doing this with your family, that every night at the dinner table, you'd have to share either two or three things that you're thankful for. And you'd keep a list of what everybody said because the next night you have to do it again, but you can't use any redos. You can't say any of the things you said the night before. And by the time you've done that five, six, seven days in a row, all the easy things that come to mind quickly that you're thankful for, they're going to already be taken. So then everybody at the table is challenged to spend time throughout every day looking for things to be thankful for. And that's the point. Because there are so many. And it helps us focus on positive things. Now, I've got a couple other things I want to remind us of real quickly. Positivity is terribly important because our attitudes are contagious. I mean, that's one of the frightening things about COVID-19. It's extremely contagious, and you can give it to people without even realizing you have it. Well, it's the same way with our attitudes. Just in our conversations, we can pass on negativity without even realizing that we were that negative. Or we can encourage people without even realizing that we've encouraged them. In fact, they write us a note a few weeks later and say, hey, thanks for that conversation. You really encouraged me, and we don't even remember exactly what we said. Jesus talked about this in Luke 6, 45. He said, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, the mouth speaks. And so if you and I are careful and are focusing on positive things, well, that's what's going to be stored up in our hearts, and our words are going to bring joy and peace and contentment. That's what God wants for us but can also be true the other way. Proverbs 18.21 says the same thing. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Hmm. Now you may be thinking here, well, I wonder, I'm not sure whether I've been spreading positivity or negativity. How would I tell? Well, there's a simple test you can give yourself, and you've got to think of your heart sort of like this cup from where you're, Viewing this, you have no idea what's in this cup, but there's an easy way to tell. All I have to do is bump it. It was just water, by the way. But when I bump this cup, whatever's in the cup comes out. Well, the same thing's true with my heart and yours. All I have to do to figure out what's being stored with my heart is just see what I said next, the next see what comes out of my mouth the next time I get bumped, when I get cut off in traffic, or when I go to Walmart and they're out of everything I came to get. Are my remarks kind or are they negative? 
And who around is listening? Who might this splash on? That's why it's important during these times to focus on the positive and to ask God to continue to do business in our hearts. Maybe one of the things he wants to teach us during this time when we've got limited social interaction, he wants to teach us to be more careful about some of the things we say. Could be. One other thing that's important to remind ourselves of today is this, that staying positive is a whole lot easier if we encourage each other. I mean, we're in this together, and it's important that we remind each other that even through difficult times, God's going to be with us, and we're not alone. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you're already doing. To encourage you today, we asked some of the members of our church to respond to three questions. What has God been revealing to you during the past few weeks? How has God been using you? And how are you embracing this time where we have limited social interaction? How are you embracing this time rather than wasting time? And uh, when our staff asked different people to respond to this, we got in dozens and dozens of videos and we've chosen a few video clips uh, to put into our service here today to encourage you. Because as you see what God has been revealing to others, I know you're going to come away more positive. 